This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm going to start out like usual this week doing the giveaway, and this is for an HD Retrovision cable set from Castlemania Games and HD Retrovision. And this one's pretty cool. It comes with the SNES and Genesis HD Retrovision cables. Those are the ones that convert RGB to component. It also comes with the Wii and PlayStation 2 and 3 cables that are just straight high-quality component cables. And it comes with all of the adapters for the Genesis 2 that allow you to plug it into the Saturn, the Neo Geo, the Genesis 1, and the PlayStation 1. And it comes with both the plug-to-plug and the extension uh, component video cables, just the the basic really high-quality component video cables. So anybody who gets this really has a full RGB setup, or component video, but a full high-quality setup. So definitely, without a doubt, uh, I mean, this was an awesome one, and I really hope it goes to somebody that, that really needs a good upgrade. So let's jump right in and do the drawing. Okay, as always, I'm going to walk through every step of the giveaway just to make sure everybody knows there's no funny business, and I'm doing this right in front of everybody so we know we know what works and what doesn't. Uh, filtering comments by the word giveaway. And just for the record as well, whenever I run these, um, I always go into the comments right beforehand and make sure nothing got caught in spam or any of the filters or anything like that because I definitely want to make sure everybody has a chance of winning. Um, and there were a lot caught in spam from people that just that just did nothing wrong. They just typed the word giveaway. So definitely everybody's eligible. I want to make sure no one gets, uh, no one gets screwed over. Okay. So we got everything in. Going to hit start and pick the random winner. Josh Reisner. Well, congratulations, Josh. I hope these cables could be a help for your setup. And as always, thank you to you and everybody else for participating in these and making them a lot of fun to do. First up, Genovi recently posted a video about the history of the analog controller that went back from the first video game consoles all the way up to modern day. And I really enjoyed the video, but I think my favorite part, and not not too many spoilers here, but I think my favorite part was about the Saturn 3D controller and what the uses for that removable cable might have been. I just recently talked about the aftermarket 3D printed homebrew replacement cable that I believe Arithmus made. Um, And I was kind of curious what that was used for, and Genovi went in and found some potential uses that at least Sega had been talking about, and it really seems like they were looking into making essentially what the Dreamcast controller turned out to be. So, once again, no spoilers or anything, I really enjoyed the video, so definitely check it out. A video was just posted of somebody showing off a beta version of a floppy disk emulator called Pauline that was meant to do a few different things. First, you're supposedly able to hook up a three and a half inch floppy drive to it, or I guess even a five and a quarter if you have the right adapter, and it should be able to dump the contents of that no matter what the original operating system or format of the disk was, which is pretty neat because if you have stuff that was made on an old Mac, you can't put it in a Windows PC without doing special stuff. So the thought of me 
opening up a box that I have of old discs that I have no idea why I still have them or what is on them. I just think it's really neat that I would be able to insert this into a like a USB floppy drive connected to this and let it just dump the, the contents and see what's on there. Um, and also, it should be able to be used for the reverse, a floppy disk emulator, so that you could use it with different types of computers and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's still in beta, and there's not too much info on it now, but I definitely want to keep people in the loop of this, because it seems like something that it just has so many different uses for. I'd probably want to pick one up just for the heck of it. Um, and I'm also not really sure how they're doing the dumping. I don't know if they're doing something um, as in-depth as, like, the Doomsday Duplicator project, um, or if it's just a read based on existing operating systems, but hopefully I'll have all of those details and a follow-up in the next few months as it leaves beta and enters the hands of more people. The N64 emulation core called Paralleli N64, I think I'm saying that right, uh, but just get a complete rewrite that has some pretty cool enhancements. Um, there's going to be a significant bump in performance, and on average you could expect to double your frame rate, but improvements from a 50 to 200% range depending on the game. Uh, there's also an equally significant bump in accuracy and game compatibility, um, and also there's basic deinterlacing support as well. Uh, so this is really awesome to see. It's just my opinion that when it comes to 3D games, I really like software emulation and all of the enhancements that could be added to it, whether it's rendi rendering in a higher resolution or any kind of filters or stuff that you could do with it. Um, I think it could bring a lot out of the games, whereas, once again, just my opinion, but when it comes to 2D games, especially retro stuff, um, I only really prefer to play on classic or original consoles or FPGA because in my opinion, in that case, zero lag and the, the perfect recreation of that distinctive look is what's more important to me. So, um, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to try this out myself, but uh, it's certainly something I'd be interested in. Um, the emulation looks great and I really want to see how far people can take N64 emulation because I think um, I think people will be really impressed when they see how far you can go with older consoles and some really good emulation tricks. Yehel from Wrestling With Gaming just posted an awesome documentary called The Story of Neo Geo that goes back to the origins of the company all the way up to where it ended up to now. Um, and I'm obviously a big fan of his documentaries. I think the X-Band one could be on Netflix or Amazon or or just fit right in with any major production one. Um, and I think this one absolutely held up to it as well. Um, I, I enjoyed watching it. I also enjoyed seeing the guest appearances. Uh, full disclaimer, I am one of the guests in this, but um, I, that didn't make me like it any more or less. I, I just I thought it was a, a really cool video, and I'm really lucky that I got to be a part of it, even in just a small way. So if you're even slightly interested in the Neo Geo, please check out this documentary. I really enjoyed it and think all of you probably would too. Here is some pretty amazing news for fans of the TurboGrafx-16 or PC Engine. Support for PC Engine CD has now been added to the Mister, and on top of that, a lot of other tweaks and enhancements to the TurboGrafx-16 PC Engine core have been implemented as well. I think there's been a total of three updates this week, the major one that added CD support, and then I think two one or two follow-ups afterwards, and it looks absolutely amazing. Uh, I didn't have too much time to spend with it, but the first thing I always notice whenever I'm playing on an FPGA console like this is just how crystal clear the games look through the HDMI port. I think anybody with original hardware, which of course I'm still a giant fan of using original hardware, but I think any of us that have used PC Engine and Turbo Graphics consoles knows how how 
dirty of a signal it could have sometimes. Uh, tons of jail bar issues, which are, you know, in most cases, easily fixable. Um, anybody that has the duo consoles knows, that, you know, you always have to have a recap done on them or you could just destroy the board. And the fact that you could just load up a core on this and with essentially no real work get a perfect output is even though like I understand the tech behind it, it's still a little mind blowing when you load up the ROM or the CD drive in this case and you're able to just play it without any trouble. So very excited about this. Um, also, there's support for arcade cards uh, and all as well as the super graphic CD games and everything. I still think this is a great version of Strider as well. So anybody that has a mister absolutely check this one out um, and it even has preliminary support for snack which means you could have a, a pretty much zero latency uh, solution to use your original controller right on it um, one of us probably smoke monster or i will do a follow-up video on this um, you know we're not the type to jump on you know first hour release videos because especially with things that are progressing so fast you work insanely hard to get a video out that's obsolete in three days so one of us i'm sure will put a video out on it soon but it's if you have a mister, don't even think about it. Just update, throw some, some CD images on there, um, and really just give it a try and see for yourself how good this is. I recently had the pleasure of doing an interview with Demetrius, aka Modern Vintage Gamer, and I had an absolute blast. Um, I'd met him a few times in person, and he is exactly the same in person as he is in the interview. Just really easy to talk to, chill guy. Uh, we talked about a ton of different things, and to the point where I enjoyed the conversation so much, I didn't get a chance to ask a few things that I wanted to talk about, which I guess I'll save for a follow-up interview maybe next year or something like that. But uh, it's available as a video on my platforms and as an audio only podcast on his modern vintage podcast because we figured with stuff like this why not do it swapcast style and have content for both of our channels um, i really also think that's great cross promotion for people you know anybody that although everybody that probably watches this podcast already hears me talk about modern vintage gamer but whatever it certainly wouldn't hurt uh, great conversation his side of things was awesome um, really good feedback which i appreciated i was a little nervous that some of the stuff i said may have come out the wrong way and I never mind if, if people get mad at me for stuff that I, I really feel, but I always feel like I'm doing a disservice if something falls out of my face the wrong way, but everything seemed to go okay, and uh, you know, awesome feedback, so thanks to everybody that listened, and I'm looking forward to doing more of these, both with Demetrius and other people in the industry. I've uh, put a few calls out to people asking for more podcasts like this, and uh, we'll see who has time to do it or not, but I, I certainly love doing these, and they're one of my favorite things to do on the channel, so hopefully you all like it as well. Crix has just released a new firmware for the EverDrive N8 Pro, and that's both the Famicom and NES version. They both use the same firmware. Um, and it looks like it adds support for a new mapper, a bunch of other fixes um, for existing mappers, and something that I'm not sure what it would be used for, so maybe one of you could help explain it to me. Um, you're now allowed to integrate alternate Famicom Disk System BIOSes. So I don't understand the purpose. Um, for something like the Sega Saturn, let's say, you would want different BIOS support for different regions and to enable different things. Uh, but I don't know if there's, or what the purpose would be for the Famicom disk system. Is it simply like the BIOS of the Sharp Twin Famicom versus the original? Um, and what would the purpose of using one or the other do? So if anybody has any info on that, please comment and, uh, and let me know. And I, I'm always super appreciative of everything I learned from you in the comments. I just 
just uh you know I, I try to keep up on as much of all of this stuff as possible but sometimes i get thrown for a loop like fds bios support so definitely interested in hearing what you have to say and uh, what other uses you could have for different bioses there's now a project called Unisound that aims to be a universal plug-and-play driver system for sound cards for DOS machines. So anybody my age or older probably remembers having to edit the autoexec batch file on your DOS systems to include the proper code that you would need in order to use certain sound cards. Uh, I definitely remember having to add that for my Sound Blaster Live, or maybe it wasn't the live version, whatever the original Sound Blaster was. Um, and this aims to be a solution for that, so you don't have to track down individual drivers for each model card. Um, I believe it's probably aimed for use in actual real hardware and not so much in emulation because there's other ways to, to do that through emulation. So this really would be a help for anybody with original hardware that doesn't have their old three and a half inch floppy drive with a, uh, with a driver on it. Um, I definitely want to look a little bit more into this and I certainly would like to go back and when, when time allows build like a 486 PC with all original parts in it and just for the heck of it. That might be something I do one day if I could find leftover parts somewhere and do a video on just for fun and then you know, maybe give away the computer or something, but it certainly would bring back a lot of memories because I used to build PCs left and right back in the day when it was much cheaper to just get different parts. Just talking to a friend of mine about this the other day about going to different computer expos and swap meets and stuff like that, especially around the New York area and picking up parts dirt cheap and building computers for your friends and stuff like that. So maybe that'll bring back some fun old memories. But if you're into old PCs and you run DOS, at least check out the video and see if this could be a help for your setup. I just stumbled across the website bigboxcollection.com, which is run by somebody who scanned all their original PC boxes and made them available as 3D renders for people to be able to check out. Uh, you could spin around the boxes, zoom in, kind of, you know, it's good enough quality where you could read all the text on the back. Um, and I just, I think stuff like this is really incredible for a couple of reasons. I mean, first, the preservation part of things is always important, and this kind of will keep the, the look and feel of these games alive, but I think a lot of what goes into nostalgia in video games is the whole experience. And I promise I won't go on a long, happy rant about this. Just the short, short version is, you know, when I play a game for hours, you know, when I really sink into an old game I love, that usually has nothing to do with nostalgia. That's just a game I love. And it could be a new game, an old game, whatever. But, you know, taking a game out of the box... Um, you know, the look and feel of how some of these things were, you know, putting your disc in the drive, stuff like that. That is where nostalgia really kicks in for me. And I think a website like this would be really helpful for people that are looking to, to experience something like that, but might not have the desire or cash to track down all of these big box games. So uh, if you have a bunch of these games or even boxes that laying around that you are considering getting rid of, don't throw them out. Definitely uh, contact the person who runs it. Or if you're just a giant fan, consider donating to their tip jar but i think this is a very cool project and it's something that i'd like to see i mean i'd really love to see this with all old games you know could you imagine a site where you could open up an old nes game right out of the box you know see what's inside of it and just have that all right in front of you 3d modeled and stuff like that i think that would be pretty insane so i certainly know a few people with full collections i just would have no idea how to go about making the 3d scans like that so thank you to everybody that works on stuff like this i think it often is more important than people realize and uh, i'm just really glad that i got to see a bunch of those very fun game boxes Voltar just posted a free design up on OSH Park for an alternate way to install the PSIO. 
So the board that comes with it, uh, which is the optical drive emulator for the PlayStation 1, um, that plugs into the back port, but still requires a chip to be installed in order for the, the system to read the games through the rear port. And it ships with a, a chip that you kind of have to stick in the middle with double-sided tape, and you get wires going all over the place. And it's not a bad solution at all, but Voltar's design takes that and sets it over the existing pins on the edge of the board and allows you to run the wires down in a much neater way, but on top of that also has a slot that allows you to populate a mod chip in it. So if you're somebody that wants to use your original games from all regions, as well as use uh, some of the, the optical drive emulation features of the SIO, then this is the perfect board. Um, not only does it make it a little bit easier to install and a little bit cleaner, but now you have the option of still having a mod chip on there for discs as well. Um, if you want to make your own, just check out the design. It's linked right here in the page. You could just click right on it, but it shows you what each component is supposed to be. So you just have to find those model numbers and buy your own components from like DigiKey or something. Then um, you could have them made from OSH Park for very cheap. Um, so, I, and also, um, you know, this is kind of a freeware open source design. So if uh, anybody wants to make a handful, you know, one for themselves and a few for their buddies type of thing, feel free, go right ahead. And uh, it seems like a really cool way. And it's certainly the way I would choose to install the SIO if I were to use one in my PlayStation. Um, also, uh, Arithmus, as well as a few other people, were able to take a look and try the installation in different models. Uh, and it seems to work fine so far with the models tested. There are no issues or anything like that. Uh, so anybody watching on video and not audio only, you could see that, you know, it's not it's not a giant difference from the other installation, but it does feel a little bit neater and cleaner. So certainly something I would recommend, especially because you, you could just have your own made from OSH Park for pretty cheap. Low Budget, the creator of the Super 8 NES clone, has just launched his latest project, the Necessity, which is a front-loading NES's replacement motherboard. Um, and this is not based on the open-source design from a while back that we talked about. This is actually based on his Super 8 project, which was essentially the same thing, a reverse-engineered NES motherboard that you could just remove the CPU and PPU of your original board, drop it into this replacement one, and be done. Um, the purpose is, I guess, for people who have uh, faulty motherboards or other issues going on that they want to do a drop-in replacement for. Um, and I believe I believe he's selling it on Tindy as just the motherboard only at this point, not populated. Uh, so, you know, it's a pretty neat project and certainly something that um, I think would be fun to play with. For me personally, though, I would prefer one step further. So um, a few NES motherboards are known to have issues with uh, jail bars and other interference. So I guess from that point of view, if you had one of those boards, this might be an upgrade. However, I would love to see a version of this with Tim's NES RGB stuff built right into it. So it's essentially what you would have to do is remove your CPU and PPU, which if you have a basic $100 desoldering gun, that should take like 10 minutes, um, and then drop it into this and be done. Uh, and that way you could have everything already pre-configured. You don't have to worry about how to make your cables or anything like that. Just have a drop-in replacement with RGB support. And while I don't know 
too much on the technical side about the NES RGB. I'm pretty sure the board itself isn't very complicated, but it's got an Altera chip that does a lot of the work, which has Tim's custom software on it. So having something like all of that integrated, and maybe we could just nicely ask Tim to sell the pre-programmed chips only or something, uh, but having having that so that you could just have a very easy NES RGB installation on a board that doesn't have any interference. Because uh, while I have not tested this one, I did test the Super 8, I mean, it was five years ago now, but it worked perfect. I had no real complaints about it whatsoever. So, you know, if you have one of those iffy motherboards on a NES front loader, maybe that would be a good replacement. But maybe that's just wishful thinking. Maybe that's harder than I than I think it is. But that's certainly what I would love to see for people that use original hardware because you could have a drop-in, no-cut replacement that you don't even have to technically you don't even hurt the original stuff that comes out of it as long as you don't do a bad job desoldering you could always just put the chips back in so uh, that would be my preference but this is still a board that while i don't think it's something that's a must-have for everybody in the the retro gaming world i do think it's something that could benefit a few people Another bonus, uh, depending how you look at it, is there's a Famicom expansion slot on the bottom that's the same uh, DB15 style port. Um, you know, there are breakout adapters for the top loader now that provide the exact same thing without a mod, but this is just another cool thing that's added to this. So while I, I had a lot of criticism, I guess you could call it, I, I'm certainly not, I don't mean anything negative towards the project. The fact that um, that this is, even exists at all, I think is pretty awesome. I, I just, because I often see the big picture, because I'm working with these devs and with the end users every day, all day, when I see stuff like this, I often see the uh, the potential for how awesome it could be not just how good it is at the moment so certainly don't mean anything negative by that just wanted to throw that in there for uh for um, low budget the creator or for anybody else that might be working on that other open source design uh you know integrating stuff that we all use is is a huge bonus um and anytime you could take away or, or anytime you could remove the need to have wires you know soldered on and run across an installation is always a good thing for everybody both for how um for people that may not be as good as installing it even if you're a master installer it still takes time whereas all of this stuff would save a ton of time and of course for the potential of having less interference and a, a better picture overall so fingers crossed we could see projects like this go even further but it's still pretty cool the way it is well, that's it for this week. As always, thank you so much to everybody that watches, listens, that participates nicely in the comments, and especially to everybody who supports. Um, really, anybody on Patreon or Floatplane, I appreciate it so much. It's you who's keeping these going, as well as all the research and other videos I do. So thank you all so much. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you next week.